Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Tampa Bay Lightning open the season to defend their Stanley Cup against the Chicago Blackhawks tonight. What can we expect with no Nikita Kucherov this season? Who will be the emerging star for the Bolts? And is this Alabama football team the best in college football history? And we'll get a victory lap from Tom Jones. That's right, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick, before we uh, talk to Tommy here in just a second, uh, some news on the coaching front, on the Bucks front, as a matter of fact. Todd Bowles, their defensive coordinator, already on the docket to interview with the uh, Lions and the Atlanta Falcons, will now get an interview with the Philadelphia Eagles because they fired their coach, Doug Peterson. So that's three interviews for head coaching spots from Todd Bowles. I'm starting to get the feeling that maybe Todd Bowles isn't going to be back next year. But he's... Certainly in demand. He's done a good job. Uh, I, I think, you know, even though he's been a head coach in his 20 and, 24 and 40 record, whatever it is, isn't very good. I think people recognize that um, he's a pretty good uh, developer of talent and um, getting a lot of a lot of looks. I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's a bunch of jobs available. And the Eagles job wasn't one that people necessarily saw coming open, but Doug Peterson had some, you know, some some rifts, I guess, some disagreements with his owner Jeffrey Lurie, and uh, maybe it's over the quarterback. Who knows? Um, but Todd Bowles has spent some time in Philadelphia. He was a player at uh, Temple under Bruce Arians, who was a head coach there at that time. So, not a city that's unfamiliar with him or him unfamiliar with it. So, it's going to be interesting to see um, if if he lands this job. We haven't heard any interview uh, request yet for someone like Byron Leftwich. But that would certainly uh, Bowles would take a, a bite out of uh, their coaching staff. But this is what Bruce Arians does. He hopes that these guys are in a position to you know to get a second shot or a first shot at a head coaching position. And you know, uh, somebody asked me the other day, you know, what about him preparing? How can he do these interviews and still prepare? You know, for Sunday's game against you know the, the playoff game. Um, and and I guess the you know the question is is, is that you know, he knows the New Orleans Saints. They played him twice already. Uh, they have an extra day because they played Saturday. So what Bowles will do is use the extra day that he would normally um, maybe start to look at film or start to talk to other coaches and just use that day as an interview day because um, these guys have been going at it pretty hard. So I don't I don't think it's going to necessarily affect his preparation or he's going to be distracted somehow or he's going to do less preparation. Um, the machine will continue to run. He'll just have to jump on a Zoom call, I guess, with these teams as they interview them virtually. Uh, and, you know, we're not talking about, you know, days and days here. We're just talking about one interview. So Isn't, I, I isn't this why think, they have, like, 48 coaches on staff? Yeah, exactly. They've got other guys. to. I mean, he is the defensive coordinator, no, so, but they've got other guys to do the scripts and prepare things. And like I said, it's only, you know, as we do this podcast and the, and this news came out, it was only it was only uh, Tuesday so or Wednesday, I guess. Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
as we do it uh, for Wednesday's podcast. So, well, one of the got, one of the advantages of the Zoom calls is you don't have to go travel to the city anymore. And, no, for interviews or even them come to you. It's you know it's a little mm-hmm. more probably time efficient in that regard. Maybe it's not as effective as an interview because you'd rather be in person. But right. it does it does from a time efficiency standpoint can become easier. And a lot of these organizations too, what they want is for you to evaluate them. They want you to say, hey, you know. And if you played them, it's easier. They didn't play the Eagles this year, but if you play them, it's a lot easier. But you can say, "Hey, you know, here's where I think you guys were strong. Here's where we would attack you. Um, you know, here's what we, you know, you, you need to focus on developing these kind of players or this guy." And you know, a lot of times, even if they're not going to hire you, they love the information. They love to get another pair of eyes on their product and and sort of get ideas about where they should go. And um, again, you know, I, he's a legitimate candidate, but. Um, just because you interview does, doesn't necessarily mean that uh, you're going to get the job. Um, he's got another year on his contract with the Bucks. I'm sure they'd love to have him back. But he's getting an awful lot of run, and you know, and he deserves it because he's done a heck of a job mm-hmm. with that defense and developing young players, You know, whether it's uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. or um, you know, a couple of years with Devin White. I mean, he's really Carlton done. Carlton Davis has really improved. Yeah, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting. I mean, there's a lot of the young players in a short time that he's brought a pretty good ways. And even, even Shaq Barrett took off in his, his defensive year and ended up leading the league. Vita Vea, yeah. So um, good eye for talent, good good teacher, good developer. Of course, head coach is different than coordinator. We all know that. And he, he failed in his first uh, try, but that was with the Jets who were dysfunctional. So I think a lot of people recognize that very, very few coaches went up there. Um, so good luck to Todd Bowles for sure. All right, Tom Jones joins us now, and Tommy, the long-awaited. I don't know what this offseason feels like. It was forever. Finally, the Lightning are back in action. They open the regular season tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. I couldn't be more excited in defense of their Stanley Cup championship. They may raise the banner. I'm not sure. There's a bunch of little banners going on all over the city. There's not going to be any fans there. How excited are you for the Bolts to defend their title? I... (laughs) Can I say not super excited about it? <laughs> you can it? say whatever you want. <laughs> you know, I just it just it's so weird that I, I it feels like it kind of snuck up on us. And I know mm-hmm. it's been a minute since they played and they won the Stanley Cup, but, but like, see that it doesn't feel like that to me. I mean, it you does, said right. something to me the other day, like the the time off has been almost what it would be in in in, in a regular you know cycle right. of June to whatever, right October. Yeah. It just feels it just like time makes no sense anymore anyway, right? That's I don't, true. Like it, it's That's like true. January. They're starting a season in January, and it feels like it's quick. It's yeah. I just I don't know if it's the short preseason, like actually no preseason, no just games, ten right. days of camp, right? And just bam, here we go. But it it's almost catching you by surprise. At least I don't. There's no games on. There hasn't been any games on TV. I don't know. The whole thing just feels weird, doesn't it? It totally. I, I'm I. Again, I, I know they've had some time off. It doesn't feel like very much to me. And the fact that, you know, the other thing is, and, and this is tragic, I mean, with what's going on with COVID, they've they've had to, uh, you know, shut Emily Arena down for Raptors games and for the Lightning until at least February 5th. So once again, they'll be playing with no fans. Um, you know, we're sort of becoming used to these antiseptic uh, arenas and, and stadiums. Um, but no one's actually gotten to sort of, you know, embrace the team i mean i know they had the parade and and there was probably way too much social interaction with some of that going on um but at the end of the day it's like you don't really feel like you got to celebrate anything with them if you're a bolts fan and now you don't get to watch them raise the banner in the arena it's just kind of it's just kind of weird to me but 
Here's the thing that that I wanted to ask you about because you've you've covered a lot of teams and and you've been around hockey uh, and and other sports obviously for a long time. There's something about being the defending champions and you know the 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 franchises like this franchise has been in the in the mix. We've talked about all the times they've gone to the Eastern Conference Finals, Stanley Cup all that and they finally won it, right? I mean this group. They won right, it in 04, right. but this group, John Cooper's group. And and yet you're not how do I say this? You're not really validated per se until you run, win several. Now, that sounds greedy, I know. But there's something about anybody can win once. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Really, you know, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that that's fair. Like, it feels like a few years ago, Nashville won. Is Nashville going to win again? What happened to that Nashville team, right? Like, it's uh, yeah. You know, the thing with... I guess with any sport, you're right, Rick. And but the thing with the lighting is, we've been waiting for. A while. It wasn't like a like this championship came out of nowhere. No, like that's we've true. We've been it's building been up for years. this. Thing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it feels like certainly since 2015 under Cooper when they started making the playoffs and they, yes. they went to finals and conference finals and they were favored and they won Presidents trophies and they. It feels like they like this past cup should have been like their second or third. Even mm-hmm. a win and one is a great accomplishment, and really hard to do. But you're right. I, I think there is something about winning a couple to really make your mark as as you're as you're an elite team. And this has been they like to consider themselves an elite franchise. Here's the way it could go, Rick. It could go one of two ways. And you've seen this before. You saw it with the Bucks. Um, you, we've seen it with with a lot of teams that win championships. Is it can go one of two ways. When you have a team like the Lightning that's supposed to win year after year after year, and they come up short and they get swept out of the playoffs in the first round, like they did to Columbus. They could eat, once they win it, that could be the breakthrough. Now here they go; they're going to win three in mm. the next five years or whatever. Or do they get fat? You know, yeah. do they get fat and and they turn into the Washington Capitals who partied all summer long and and you know they had a good season. The Caps did the next year, but ultimately got knocked out pretty early in the playoffs. So which way do they go? I happen to have a sense of I think they're going to play relaxed hockey, and I think they're going to be tough to beat because of that. I, th- I think. They know they're good. They're they're a really good franchise. They're a really good team. They have an elite goaltender. As long as everybody else stays healthy, I think they're going to be. I think that that weight of not winning is now gone, and I think it's going to allow them to succeed even more. That's you that's could, my gut feeling. It's a, it's a good analysis. You could say that, or you could say maybe they lose their edge because True. the hunger isn't going to be there. Right? right. I mean, like you know, you were coming off just what was a cataclysmic. You said it. You said it this time a year ago. Actually, before this time of year ago, well, but the whenever se- they started the, the season. season, right? Yeah. yeah, you said that. Um, you know, Rick, I, I don't care what they do in the regular season. Wake me up when they get to the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Everything they do until they get back in the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup, nothing else matters. And it was really, you know, we talk about the box, but this is really the way for the Tampa Bay Lightning was, you know, Stanley Cup or bust. I mean, that was it. That was the whole thing, and sure. that's what made them winning so remarkable. Is that they did it. They literally pulled that off, like. Under under immense pressure and, and and one of the worst disappointments, not just in hockey history, maybe pro sports history. Yeah, right? I mean the they team. wore like University of Virginia hats to, you know, to yeah. remind them of how Virginia lost to a number sixteen seed in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Yeah, so it was like, and for them to do that is is just was incredible, um, and yet you know you load it back up and and the one thing that people have to understand I think is that just look at this team right. It's never the same. Every year in pro sports, you might wear the same sweaters. You might have some core players. But 
you know, let's start with the fact that they don't have Nikita Kucherov. Yeah. I mean, geez, if you had to throw a dart at a, at a, at a board of roster of players that you'd hope not to eliminate for the season, he'd be one or two and probably two. <laughs> right, right. You know? Right after I would think Vasilevsky or Hedman. Yeah, Vasilevsky and Hedman, and he's certainly a, he, he's he's your best forward. And I know they have right. other good ones. Braden Point's a really good player, and um, you know Stamkos can. We're hope we're you know I'm, I'm sure they're hoping that he's going to come back healthy. He's not the elite player that he used to be. He's not a tier one player anymore, but he's maybe a tier two player. Um, and they have talent up front. They they do have goal scores. They have guys that can play. But yeah, you're taking a big. You're taking your number three hitter out of the lineup for sure. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's I, but I do think that that Rick that they're going they're going to go in a little more relaxed and and that that weight of having not one is gone, and I actually think that's a benefit to them this time around. Uh, the thing is, the thing they're going to have to combat, Rick, and I, this is the thing that I think is going to be weird for everybody, is the monotony of the schedule. Yeah, you know, everybody's in this in their in their little divisions and mm-hmm. you're not going outside your divisions and it's just going to be a weird schedule you're playing the same team two or three games in a row and you're going to the same city and you're hanging out for a while and i don't know i think it's just it's going to be it's going to be weird and it's not you know we always talk about how players teams particularly in hockey is that they like when they get away there's there's a team bonding experience when they go away because right. guys go out, they go out on the road, and they go out to dinner. I, well, I you can't do that. They're now, not going right? to be able I mean, to do that. Yeah, yeah. But they it, did. Here's what's interesting, because and, and I think you look. I don't know that the NHL is going to be able to pull this off. As as we do this podcast, all NBA games have been canceled tonight. Right. Um, so COVID is you know these teams that like like hockey when they got to the playoffs and the NBA, they were in a bubble, and so their bonding occurred because they couldn't leave it. You know. Right. And we saw the lightning. We saw the videos and them going on to, you know, soccer pitches or whatever they were doing and different different things. So they found a way to, to stay together and they, they played. And, and But now, you know, they go, they scatter and go to parts unknown, go home, go out. go. Away. I don't, you know, I don't know how this is going to work. Um, but you're right. They're not going to have, you know, an opportunity to really do that when they do go on the road and they're in some city for, you know, for two days or. Um, or three, and there is going to be a monotony to playing the same team somewhat over and over and over again. Um, not, you know, but I mean, unfortunately for them, not much has changed since when they lifted the Stanley Cup, as far as this country goes. And we're not at the point with vaccinations where they can even have fans there. So it's there's a lot of you know, it just it stands to reason. Like every time that Lightning win the Stanley Cup, the next season is weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, uh, at least they didn't cancel it yet, but. Knock on right. wood. I knocking. think you're right there, Rick. I think it's going to be it's going to be weird because the other thing is when they went into the bubble, both the NBA and, and the NHL. I think these teams are going to have to to over overcome some mental issues about playing a long season with no fans or, or just in this. It's kind of a bubble, but it's not, it's not really a bubble. But you're you're it's different than a regular season. But the difference was the NBA went into that bubble and the NHL went into that bubble for a quick burst. It was a sprint. It was a play. That's it was right. a few games, then let's play. Boom, playoffs. Here we go. Now it's this regular season. You're going to play 56 games. It's a lot of games. Yeah, it is. And you're back to the normal. And, and there are highs and lows during the course of an NHL season, with any season really, but particularly when you get into longer seasons like baseball, football, and hockey where you're playing a lot of games. And, you know, you have the, like what they call the dog days or whatever where you just – 
you just go through stretches where you just mentally can't get into it. Well, I think you have to fight that in in this in this new COVID sports world. You know, where you're gonna you're gonna hit that spot where you oh we're going to Dallas for five days and then we come back and we're gonna play uh, Columbus for four three games. It's just weird, and I think it's gonna take a mentally tough team to to be successful in that. Well, they've got some experienced guys that are used to playing with each other. There's still going to have to be some players emerge, and and every year there is. I mean, remember when Braden Point burst onto the scene, and and, you know, there's there's been others, Sergachev and others. But is there anybody that you think, given the fact that Kucherov is is out, so somebody has to take his spot on the power play? Somebody has to, you know, um, any of these guys that you kind of saw late last year, or uh, you just think have more in the tank than what we've seen from them that might. You know, it's opportunity for somebody that somebody might pick up that scoring slack or might, um, you know, become more of a of a household name this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that you're ever, you're gonna. I mean, certainly, you guys not going to come out and get a hundred points or whatever, um, like Kucherov was going to get or, or average a point a game. I mean, I look at a guy like Blake Coleman. You know, when they brought mm. him in, he was a yeah. pretty prolific goal scorer with New Jersey, where he was scoring, you know, twenty goals a year. It seemed like, um, right. So when he came over to Tampa Bay, I think he's a guy that can. Um, he can light make the it. lamp, put yeah. the biscuit in the basket, yeah, put the biscuit in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Braden point is he's close to being like that top, like a he's top, a one, tier he's player. a top tier player in this league now. Yeah, right? I mean, he's, he's probably not their best forward, but they're right. going to rely on the same things that they've always relied on. I mean, I think Vasilevsky's going to have to be really good. Hedman's going to have to play a bazillion minutes. Like he always does. That could be a little bit of a different I mean, 56 games in a, in a, I'm not sure if they're going to be playing more, you know, if the, if the, if the schedule is that much compact where you're going to have to limit his minutes a little bit or keep an eye on him so you don't wear him out during the course of the season. Sergeyev's going to have to take a step up in that role in terms of the blue line. I think they'll be okay. I think they have enough. There's enough there. There's enough talent. I'd be a little more nervous in that other division. We talked about this. But they were in that division with, yeah, for with, sure. uh, with the Islanders and Boston and Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. I'd be a little more nervous than the division mm-hmm. right now, but it hits again, Rick. There's few teams you can't you can't go on any long losing fifty six games. It was like the Rays we talked about. You can't yeah. afford those. I mean, a three game losing streak suddenly like a six game losing streak. You know, so you can't afford that. So it's hard to believe, but like Steven Stamkos is is knock on wood going to load it up again, and you know I think he's all of what thirty thirty one something like that at this point. Feels like he's forty eight. He should, he feels yeah. Like, he's, like he's, he's older than Tom Brady, actually. <laughs> I think in is. hockey years, I'm not really sure, but I think that's the case. Just because he's been around forever, I mean, he's been here since he was eighteen. It's it just and we've like gone forever. through a lot of trials with him too. You know, personal yeah. uh, injuries and the injuries is a thing, right? So, I mean. Some guys, man, you just, you know, you can't explain why they reach a certain point in their career and, and there's always something happening. But do you have any expectation that Steven Stamkos can, can, for the most part, make it through this 50-something game season without... No. No, why would you? And it's and I don't. I'm not I, blaming them. I'm just not hoping. Like, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't see how this works, man. I don't see how I don't he blame. Went from where I'm not like criticizing him. I'm not saying he's soft. He's far from it. I think he's tough as nails, and I feel bad for him. And I, but no, I mean he's so beaten up, and it just trouble seems to find him. It does. You know, I mean the guy, the guy, because a couple of his okay, he messed. He had the messed up knee. He he hurt his knee on what seemed like a pretty innocent play when he tore his knee up, and I. 
that was a that was a bad injury. Was that the one had, when he slid into the post? No, that was the broken leg. That was no, the broken which leg. I was I hadn't gotten to that one yet. No, oh, the, okay. the knee injury which was happened a, a few years after that. Yeah. But you know he's had four major things. He this past year where he's had the core injury, mm. and then he had the the knee where he tore his ACL and all that. Uh, then he had the blood clot, which again it's just that's just bad voodoo. I mean that's just yeah, that's like an overused thing. They take the rib out. That was bad. Yeah, that I mean, where, how do you prepare for that? How do you even? Yeah. That's just bad luck. And then the same thing with the we snapped his leg on the goalpost. That's again, that's a hockey play. It wasn't. None of these are because he's out of shape or because he's not working hard. He's in incredible shape. It's just bad luck, but it seems to find him. And now he's to the point, Rick, where he's he's got a lot of miles on those tires, you know. And it's yeah. and I, you hope he stays healthy. I I do think mentally he's going to be a really refreshed player. I, he's that there's a weight on a guy when you're a number one overall pick. I mean, you have one expectation that is you need to win a Stanley Cup. That's, that's right. That's and then same thing with football. You know, if you're the number one quarterback, pick, if you're a quarterback, yeah. you're the you're supposed to say you're the franchise. You're supposed to win. Anything short of it is a failure. Yep. And he went through it. and He's been through it. And and, he, and here's the problem, Rick, that he had early in, for a lot of his career. Not only weren't they winning Stanley Cups while he was here, he was a big reason why they were getting knocked out of playoffs. He would mm. he would his stat line. I'm not saying he wasn't playing hard. His stat line looked awful. Whenever they got eliminated, or he'd have no goals, and in, in, you go back to that Chicago series where he was hurt, by the way, in that Stanley Cup Finals. But still, he was basically shut down in that series, and he got shut down when they got lost to the Capitals, and like all these years they get knocked out, and then he'll go through straight. How many times do we write these stories? I remember writing this column a thousand times. It felt like like seen Stamkos, like no, seriously, have you seen him? Because he <laughs> disappeared. He's and on a milk would, carton, Tommy. Yeah, that's what it felt like. And then he would get, then he would <laughs> score a couple goals, and then he'd be like, "Oh, he finally broke out of." And then he would go three games later. You're talking it's about huh, they need him to step or step up, or he's not scoring, or he's hurt, or whatever. Yeah. Now he's won the cup, and even though they won it mostly without him, the fact of the matter is he showed up for one game, scored a huge goal. He's definitely a part now. His name is on the cup, so. All those years ago when they drafted him and they said, you need to lead us to a Stanley Cup, he's now done that. And you wonder if he's going to go back in the next year, this season, come starting tonight, that, okay, you know, now it's – not the rest is gravy now. Pressure now off, the, yeah. The rest is icing on the cake for me. Now he's padding stats. So I'm wondering, yeah. now that he has the Cup, is, is he already or are there more achievements he needs to be a Hall of Fame hockey player? I think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, I have to go back and really look at his stats. I mean, certainly his stats are better than even Marty St. Louis, who, quite frankly, I'm, I was a little surprised that Marty got in. Um, he almost, that guy, I almost compare Marty like a Lynn Swan. Like, if you mm-hmm. go back and he just had, like, Lynn Swan. If you look at Lynn Swan's football numbers, or even Joe Namath, they're not Him, like prolific numbers. No, I mean, and I think you have to consider, though, with football, it's, it's a little different in that, you know, they – their their third down spread offense consisted of one wide receiver you know, and fullback <laughs> exactly. and two tight ends. I mean, they did. I mean, they just didn't throw the ball. I mean, that was the thing about Stallworth and Swan. It's like they got right. no numbers and Namaths are terrible. Like you're like, did this guy ever complete sixty percent? You know, it's just. But you um, mentioned this last week when you talked about Ron, when we, I was on your podcast and we talked about Rondé Barber is yeah. with Marty St. Louis and with Lynn Swan signature play moments. That's right, signature moments. moments. I still get listen. Forever, and I know he played a couple minutes of the Stanley Cup final. I'm telling you, Tom, that's 
arguably, you'd say Marty St. Louis, you'd say Evan Longoria, maybe, you know, uh, certainly Rondi Barber returning the, the, the interception in Philadelphia. I still think that in its real time, I got I get goosebumps when I think about what he did, like coming off there and and you know, Stamkos wristing, yeah, Stamkos yeah, a yeah. slap shot, and that was that was an unbel. And then and then to to realize that he was done, like he couldn't play anymore. Yeah. That's all he had. It's, it's all still had, incredible. You know, it's fun to go back if you go back and you watch that goal and you watch the reaction of the, the bench, bench. It's yeah. and you could tell they were just like over the moon, like they were this. like, oh my god, like. <laughs> that's that's Hollywood, right? That's why we yeah. love sports. You like if I wrote that and said, hey, "Okay, here, here we're going to do, guys. I want you to, I want you to the the, the broken guy is going to come onto the ice with one leg for a couple minutes, and he's going to wrist one from the boards, and it's going in, and then he's done." And like, come on, I know, and and you know, and his teammates knew something that we didn't know at the time. Oh, they did. They really through. did. The tragedy, the personal that, tragedy that his had. family, yeah, yeah, and and so. I think now the Stamkos approaches the rest of his career. Not that he's not going to work hard. Not that house he's going to get fat. It's house, house money. money. That's right. That's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. Right. I'm um, gambling with your mortgage. Let's right. go to Vegas. Right, because everything. Uh, there's no longer the question of can't win a big one because mm. he's won the big one. His name's mm-hmm. on the cup now, and that's a big deal. I, I noticed the same thing when I, I the change in Vinny Lecavier after pre cup post cup. It was. Really striking, striking, yeah. Looser, yeah, was, just, just looser, just fear, more freer. confident, yeah, more yeah. swagger, more everything. And he never won another one, but yeah. it was you could tell that it was. But that's this, okay because the the one you know you're not chasing like if you never win another one, it, it doesn't take your name off the cup. You're there. That's right. That's you right. And, and no one could ever look back and say, "Great player," but yeah, you know what? Mm. Never won a cup. Never won. That's a, a tough you know, title. Aware is the best it is. best player in anything. Not the best win a player to never win a major type of thing. You know. Yeah. So. You don't want sure. to be there. All right. Well, we'll see how the Bolts do against the Blackhawks. And, of course, you know, we've got plenty of time to talk about the Bolts season since I think they, you know, play every other night or so, it would seem. It feels like it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you caught any of this. I just want to mention it a little briefly. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Alabama <laughs> is the national champion in college football. Yeah, what's their nickname again? I forget. Yeah. I think they're the Roll Tide. No, the Red Tide. No. Holy mackerel. The, listen. Hats off to uh, Nick Saban. The guy's got seven national championships, six there at Alabama, and um, couldn't seem less interested to win it. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, you see the guy. I I got to worry about next year. I I mean, I got to you know guys. That's play why well they win them. every year. Yeah, right. but I got to go. I'm going to watch. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going I'm to have a half a glass of wine, all right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna get on uh, 2021, all right? Like <laughs> Jesus, Nick. Uh, try to let yourself go a little bit, but. Listen, he, uh, he he it's a machine in in Tuscaloosa. They pump out just tremendous talent. This was ex- offensively one of the best teams I've seen. Although I would argue that I would like to have seen last year's LSU team with Joe Burrow, because you know Tiger King Joe Burrow against anybody would be would win, and and against this Alabama team because those two offenses were were ridiculous. I didn't think Alabama's defense this is not the best defense that Nick no. has had. Um, clearly, because teams rolled up, you know, we saw Florida hang thirty something on them, um, but pretty convincing and and uh, not really a close game. Unfortunately, that that seems to happen sometimes in these in these national titles. But you watched that game, Rick. When you watched that game, did you watch? You watched it, right? Yes. I, I, even though it's not, we all tune in like, oh, we're hoping for a close game. But even as you watch it, just as a football fan, don't you yeah. just sit back and admire like 
how good this Greatness. program is. Greatness. How good that yeah. team was. Yeah, and I've you know I've talked to um, Quentin Williams was a defensive tackle that came out in the first round. I think he was drafted third overall a couple of years ago um, from the Jets, and and he was out of Alabama, and he he came out as a red shirt sophomore and was a Tom. He started one year. <laughs> he yeah. started one year and was a top three draft pick in the NFL. And I remember talking to him at the combine, and he was saying, "Hey man, you got to understand." I was like, "Well, how did you not start last year?" You know what I mean? And he started naming the guys that were in front of him, and they're all first-round picks around the NFL. And he's like, man, i got to be honest with you. He goes, like, you know, to start at Alabama, I mean, he goes, our second and third teams are like, you gotta, you got to work your way up just to get close to starting. Like, it, you know, it's no joke. Like, our practices were way harder than half our games. And you think about it, and you're like, yeah, you know what? He's right. I like, think that's the diff- I think that's the difference between Alabama and most teams in the country. I, and look, a lot of people get five star recruits. They're, oh, they're, sure they do. You mm-hmm. know, there there are only so many. I mean, there there are only so many roster spots at Alabama. I mean, it gets spread around. Clemson gets good kids. Notre Dame gets good kids. Ohio State gets good. A bunch of schools get good kids. But I think what the difference is is Alabama's. Everybody gets hurt, and and, and some guys don't pan out at a lot of places. Alabama's second and third teamers can play, and Absolutely. that's what happens when they, when their guys get hurt. We saw what happened the other night when when uh, Smith went out of the game, and and they just they didn't miss a beat. They kept it okay. We'll throw to other guys. No. Tom, they had a quarterback, Jalen Hurts, that won a national title. They put into a Tungavaloa, and Hurts had to go to Oklahoma, right? <laughs> Like, and Mac Jones was backing both of them up. I mean, yeah, and Mac Jones was like, "Yo, either one of you guys going to the NFL some sometime so I can play." And That's he goes what I'm out saying. there like and they're back there. Like when it got like they lost their starting center this year, you know, yeah. and you wouldn't have noticed the difference. Like the next guy no. comes in, and he's he's an elite player, right? It's unbelievable. It's like that, and and pe- and the players will go there and not go in the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying? Like they accept the fact that hey, everybody in front of me is in the NFL. I want to be in the NFL too. They're going to make me better, even when I'm not on television starting. Right. I'll get better here every day at Alabama going against these guys. And when it's my turn, I'll be in the NFL and I'll shine and I'll be an All-American because that's what they do. They develop players. And we were talking about this with Steve the other night. You look at the coaches, right? So it's like it's become the the coaching halfway house. Like anybody oh, yeah. that's been fired as a head coach that still has a buyout money, Charlie Strong and, you know, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian came there that way, ended up getting the gig when Lane Kiffin went to – Florida Lane Kiffin was a they, reclamation project. He was a total reclamation project. And now Sarkeesian goes and he has the best offense and he's going to be the head coach at Texas. And guess who I've heard might be coming? Bill O'Brien. Yeah, Bill O'Brien's coming in. I mean, sheesh. You know, it's Bill like, O'Brien will do it for a year and then when, when Josh some McDaniels head coaching gets job blown opens out of up, New England. Yeah. <laughs> He'll go back to Penn State where he belongs. Yeah, well, it could be. It's, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and I just – look, I really admire – I watch them – and I imagine if you're a Ohio State fan, that just killed you the other night. But it's just – I watch Alabama play, and I, I think everybody knows I'm kind of a Penn State fan. And so when my team tries some of the plays that, that Alabama tries, they, they, they're like, <laughs> they, they don't work. They don't work. But Alabama's <laughs> like – they threw a ball to Devontae Smith the other day, which just he, – he, he, he ran in motion and then ran the other way, and they threw it to him and he just beat the guy to the corner. And I'm like, yeah. how does that play work? I don't get how that play worked. Because yeah. when my team does it, it's a four-yard loss. Yeah. 
Because your or, guy runs a four six, and they, yeah, that guy runs probably. a four two five. But it's like third and two, they pick up three yards. Third and oh, twelve, every they time. pick up thirteen yards. Yep. And the guys are wide open. <laughs> I know that's college football, though. It probably is, but I got if they were to play if they play Ohio State again tonight, I think they beat them just as bad again. It's an amazing program to watch. Yeah, and Devontae Smith's incredible. Like somebody, he's so skinny though. It's like they're gonna break this guy. Like who's he reminded you of the NFL? But think about the receivers. I mean, Julio Jones, mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley. He's kind of got the slipper. Like Calvin Ridley's a slippery receiver. Like I don't know how to describe it, but yeah, like yeah. he gets his body in and out of positions. This cat, but man, is he he got another gear now. When he wants to go, it's like see ya. It's unstoppable. They there there was nothing they could do to stop yeah. him. Which no. was and it was like I said, I admire watching it. I I know people get bored with it because they win every year and they'll be back there again next year, I'm sure. Yep. And maybe for as long as Nick Saban is there. I, there's no question he's the greatest college football coach ever, right? Well, for sure. Well, now for sure, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. It's not even a question. Seven national titles, one at LSU and six at Alabama. I mean, he's, I mean, he he's actually exceeded the greatest college football, what's considered the greatest in Bear Bryant. I mean, how do you top Bear Bryant? At his and own he's school. Done it. At that school, yeah. At that same school. Like, yeah. no one even talks about the bear anymore. It's like hound's, houndstooth. What's a houndstooth? <laughs> Objective, yeah, Bear Bryant, you're not even the best. You're the greatest college football That's coach right. ever until you quit, and then not, you're not even the best in your program's history. <laughs> That's right. Amazing. It's like, jeez. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But hey... St. Nick does it again, so that was fun. Hey, well, we're going to talk about, uh, before I get you out of here, I'm going to let you gloat just just a little bit, and then we're and then I think we might disagree on I'm something gonna take my, can I'm going to take my victory lap now, right, on the yes, Pittsburgh go Steelers. Ahead. So I came go on ahead. your podcast about six weeks ago, I think it was. Check the tape. Yep. And I said, I think they had five regular season games left. And I They said, were 10 and 1. And I said, the Steelers will win one game the rest of the season, including playoffs. And it turns out they won one game the rest of the year, including. <laughs> so no, it wasn't the game. I thought that they. I know, they didn't but win still, the, they actually. I thought they beat Cincinnati and lose to everybody else. They actually beat Indianapolis and right. lost to everybody else. But we knew they were not good, Rick. I, even when they were eleven and zero or whatever. They it was. weren't ten and one good. A ten no. and zero good. No, they were eleven. I think they were eleven and zero. Eleven and zero. Eleven yeah. and zero. You're right. You're right. And I and I think I came on. They were eleven and one when I came on. That's correct. They, and they had lost, and we were looking to you, know, you could. And I but still, maybe, you I said they wouldn't. They would win one more game, and it was like that's crazy talk, right? They're eleven and one. They're not going to win one more game. And that game the other day, Rick, and this is where we're going to get into. They need something needs to change. Here's the thing that I'll start off by saying this, and I'm a I'm a Mike Tomlin fan. I've always been, and the Steelers. One of the pride things, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of. They've had three coaches since 1969, which is amazing. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, Mike Tomlin. They don't also they, one of the reasons they win. But go ahead. They don't fire coaches. That's correct. No. Nope. Rick, Mike Tomlin got badly out coached by a guy who wasn't even in the stadium that day. <laughs> they came, Rick. They came out twenty-eight nothing in the first quarter. They looked like they had never 
that they looked like a team that hadn't practiced in a week, which Cleveland hadn't because yeah. they were under all kind of COVID problems. To come out and and lo- and be down twenty eight nothing, you're snapping a ball over people's heads. They had the the they had a. I'm just talking about the game itself now. They had a fourth down at midfield when you're down and they punt. He's going for yeah, one when they should that go wasn't for the best decision. Although they're going I, for one when they should go for two. They're going for two when they should go for one. It was like his card. Did he lose Those the card? Charts, man. Did he Those lose a card? He lost the card. card man. He lost the chart, man. He he couldn't. Have, now they were never going to win that game. They were never coming Think, back. Listen, before you just completely, you know, fire Mike T, which is where you're headed. I'm heading that way. Yes. How I am. about how about the fact that we go? Um, yeah, they were down all those points, and then all of a sudden I looked up and it was a a two score game. It was an eleven point game with like the whole fourth quarter to go. How about climbing back into it when you're down thirty four to whatever? I never. You know what it felt like? Did you ever did you ever race like a little kid? Like when. <laughs> And you and you say, okay, you I'll, race you from, up a little bit. I'll race you from here to that telephone pole. And you get out such <laughs> to a big lead, you start running backwards. And then they start catching up a little bit. But you'll, they, you Baker know they're Mayfield never was running backwards. Right. Cleveland started running backwards for like the last. And then when they had to turn around and run forward again, they did. And that was the end of the game. But, Rick, they got – I'll tell you this. Here's what I – when it comes to – I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are headed for a – and I don't want to turn this into a Steelers podcast, but they're about to head – for some dark times in Pittsburgh. I think you need, you know what I think the key, I figured, I thought about this the other day. Here's the key to being successful in the NFL. You need four things. You need a really good coach. You need a really good quarterback. You need a really good offensive line and you need a really good defensive line. If you have those four things, you got a chance to, or if you have three of those four, do you need anybody to pick players, Tom? Well, but here's the thing. They, they don't have an offensive line. It's beat up. It's messed. Their defensive line's okay. They they like they their front seven or whatever can play. Rick, they got a problem at quarterback. They, in that AFC North, if I gave you here's your options moving forward: Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Ben Roethlisberger. Who's for, who? Which guy don't you want on that list? Well, look, he's old. I mean, he's, he's played old. a long he's old time. And, he's a thousand years old. And he looks a th- two thousand years old. Yeah, I don't think he's done the TB twelve method. I don't think you're going to see <laughs> he's him. Not. Yeah, yeah, you know, looking anything like Tom Brady when he's forty three, and he's still a ways from forty three. And he started. He wasn't awful. Like yeah, he threw for five hundred yards there, and I know again because they were Cleveland was running backwards for a while, but they were. And here's the problem: they have no succession plan. They have no way to replace him. He's going to come back. I mean, who are you going to give it to? Mason Rudolph? Like, come on, that guy. Well, that he's guy, coming back. He's the Mike, they're, he's they're the gonna, Mike Glennon of, of Oh, yeah. They're the going to pay him $30 million. I mean, I would play dead for $30 million. Yeah. And so he's definitely coming back because they got no – unless they were to go out and try to get Matt Stafford or Carson Wentz or James or somebody I mean, like but that. But you're drafting – you're still drafting pretty low because, you yeah. know, you nearly made the playoffs. But, Rick, I, but let's, let's get to the to what I think the, the – the, where the – you might have to think about it, and that's Mike Tomlin. I think uh, it might be here time. We go. Now, now, let me lay it out, and then you tell me why. It's crazy talk. This is where you lost the audience because you were on a roll. Nostra Thomas picked the <laughs> no, Rick, let me crazy just, Let me just lay it out, and then you tell me why I'm wrong. Okay. So they've. I think the culture's bad. Let's start there. I think I think there's it, it's a drama it's a drama filled team every year. It's always drama. They always fall apart in the last five six games of the season. They, they go from being 11 and 0 to being one and done in the playoffs. But here's the thing, Rick. They've won three playoff games in the last 10 years. Mm. And the three teams that they beat had AJ McCarron as a quarterback, 
Alex Smith is a quarterback. When they, by the way, the Steelers didn't even score a touchdown in that game. And the A.J. McCarron game, they needed like perfect to, to like lose his mind and commit all kind of penalties to help win that game. And, and Matt Moore, not the race pitcher, the other <laughs> Matt Moore. Those are the three guys that they've beaten to win playoff games. Three in ten years. Rick, I think it's time. I, I don't fire guys easily. I've never, I've never called for a guy in Tampa Bay's history to get fired. But I think it might be time. I thought it was time for you to call for somebody to be fired when you were in that job. I know, I know. <laughs> that's yeah, I, they, that's not they, exactly. They many of, <laughs> of the three stooges: Dirk, Greg, Shadow. That's, right. that, that's uh, not exactly a. Uh, hey, I got to tell you, when I was when I was columnist, I didn't call for anybody to be fired. My it's, point though is, I'm not. Like, I one think of those, maybe, fire that guy. Fire maybe that maybe guy, you know? need to go back and rewrite some of those columns. I if wish you I could have. Yes. But I, um, I'm not a fire. Like, get rid of the guy that. And, and I'm a big believer in too, like. Don't fire a guy unless you have somebody better in mind. I don't have anybody better in mind. But There's I just always, think it's, That's the other fallacy that I argue go. with you about. He's like, who are you going to get? There's always somebody to get. Somebody didn't – you know, somebody hired Sean McVay when they say, you're going you're to fire Jeff Fisher? Who are you going to get? Mm-hmm. It was Sean McVay. Hello, McFly. There's guys everywhere around the NFL that are, that are smart. But the dude in Green Bay, he's gone 13-3 and three, two years in a row or something. I mean – right. I like Mike. I think Mike Tomlin's a good coach. I just, I think it's time. He's I think his time is, I think the expiration date has run out in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, the expiration date never runs out. They've only had three coaches in like 60 years. That's true. So they're the most, you know, and, and listen, that's part of the reason they win. And it, not a part, it's a large reason why they win. The thing that, that organizations, we've talked about this, they, they fall into because we're, we're right here in Tampa Bay where they do this their entire franchise history. Change the coach, change the quarterback is the quickest way to never win. Never win. I think continuity is is the key in the NFL, whether you're talking about those those two positions, and especially at head coach. Now, I'm not saying you keep a guy come hell or high water. But if you recall, Bill Cowher had a lot of losing seasons, six and tens, seven and nines, right? They never thought of firing him and probably shouldn't have and didn't, and he won Super Bowl. So, you know, Yes, has Tomlin – I mean, the thing about Tomlin is, like, you look at his record. If we're just talking about wins, they're out the wazoozie. And he's been to two Super Bowls. Never, yeah, never, lose, never losing record during the regular season. Never yeah. had a losing – I mean, that – listen, that's nothing to sneeze at. It really isn't. Like, people people are like, yeah, but how many – no, yeah, but – listen, it's hard to win in this league. They're Ask re- John they're Gruden. They're relevant. They're a relevant franchise. Ask John Gruden. Sure. I'll tell you what, man, I lost three years in a row. This is last year. Um, you can't lose every year, and and to win ten games every year like they do, in 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 that division, which you know, usually Baltimore's really good. Sometimes Cincinnati's okay. Cleveland now all of a sudden is risen risen from the the ashes. So, listen, I and they've had an iconic quarterback that, believe it or not, at the end it gets bumpy. You know what I mean? Like at the yeah, end. Right. And here's the thing about winning. And if you look at Tomlin and you say never had a losing season on it. Here's the other thing. First of all, Mike isn't picking players, as far as I know. I don't think no, he's they been have a GM. GM. They have a GM, yeah. Okay, so so let's start there. The other thing is, when you win that much, it's just a reality. You don't get the elite guys in the draft. you got to find diamonds. You know, yeah, you'll get a first-round pick, but you're picking like you know 28th every year or 27th or 30th. Sure. And, sure. and so it's not the same player as Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals. It's just not. That's why they haven't replaced Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and, you know, I don't – I mean, his replacement probably isn't there still, 
But no, he's not. I'm you know, sure and the not. thing is, they're not going to be in range to get one of the top quarterbacks this year. So you're kind of you become hostage to your own success in the NFL because you know as as you win and and the players you like stick around, they all get big contracts. And when and especially the quarterback, when so this quarterback makes that kind of money, you don't have money for everybody else. So guys start leaving, right? Some of your core guys start leaving. And I know they've had some head cases and and I wouldn't, you know, the drama and you know Antonio Browns and a I don't know that that's on yeah, Mike Juju Tomlin. Juju Smith-Schuster, like with the whole yeah, dance but, on logos. And, well, come on, man. Really? And, uh, like, and then now you do got people make a little like, too much out of that? It's a TikTok I thing. I mean, it, Tom, do you even know what TikTok is? It's not a I, clock, my friend. It's, it's an app. <laughs> okay? It's, they do this thing, and they take, you know, everybody has, the, every, even the NFL, they have TikTok accounts. My girls watch it. It drives me nuts. They're always moving. They're dancing. It's like they got Tourette's. I don't know what's going on here, but I'm just saying. It's when you look at this team, though, when you look at this franchise, don't you look at it? I, they seem like uh, the four teams in that AFC North, they're heading in the wrong direction. Well, that's because the others have been so lost for so long in the desert that they've they've come home to roost finally. Like they're like coming back now. So, yeah, yeah. you know, hey Cincinnati, where you been for the last twenty five years? Hey Cleveland, it was o two not not since they last won a playoff game like the Bucks. O two since the Cleveland Browns were in a playoff game. Yeah. Okay. So hats off or hats back. By the way, did the, you see Baker the ratings? Maker. The ratings for that game in Cleveland. I don't. They had a 74 share. That means everybody watched, right? That means for a 74 share means of all the TVs in Cleveland that were on. They were 74% were turned on to that game. Good That's Lord. a like Super Bowls don't get that kind of numbers. It's if nice. they go to the Super they, they outdrew the Cavaliers like like in the finals in the NBA finals. Well, if they were to go to a Super Bowl, they would they would have like it would be like the most watched thing in Cleveland history. Yeah. It'd be unbelievable. Football is king, man. And uh, I love those Baker Mayfield commercials. I'm telling you. I do, too. I love them. I'm rooting for Baker Mayfield to be a good player so he can keep doing those Geico commercials. I do think he's very – no, it's – what what commercial? No, it's progressive, right? It's They're tremendous. Is it progressive? I think so. They're tremendous commercials. They're unbelievable. He's He's really good in them. He's deadpan. Oh, by the way, we got some good suggestions. Did you see on our podcast last week we were talking about Peyton Manning doing the sitcom thing? Yeah, what was what did we yeah, have? Yeah, you know, somebody came up with a really good suggestion for who plays the wife in the okay. Peyton Manning sitcom. And just so to fill people in, because we were talking about like Peyton Manning is so uber talented, like he needs to do something now that he's out of football. And we've talked about announcing and the different things. And you settled on he should have his own sitcom. He should sitcom. have his own yeah. his own TV show, but a sitcom. Plays the so sort he... of the dad that's you know his teenage yeah. kids are always. He's like sort of the put upon. He's like Dad. the Archie to his clan. But like yeah, yeah, so yeah. we needed a TV wife, right? We needed right. somebody. Somebody came up with a really good suggestion on Twitter. I saw Christina Applegate. Ah, she's too old. No, what do you mean? She's like his age. It's perfect. Really? Yeah. It'd be great. Why do I think Christina Applegate is too old? I don't think so. Huh. I'll check I'll I'll, I'll I'm gonna say I'm let's do let's do the birthday challenge because no one ever does that. Let, uh <laughs> I'm gonna say <laughs> Christine, Christine Applegate. She'll turn huh? 50. She'll turn 50 this year. Why did you just do this? I was playing the challenge. You were, What would you have guessed? The no, judge just doesn't spit out the off. answer when you're trying to figure out the challenge. I looked do you up, know what I... the birthday challenge is, Steve? Have you ever heard of it? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> no, I was only the program director there no. for two years. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, you, you don't just spit out the answer. 
You wait for us to guess, and then you tell us the answer. How old's Peyton? Peyton, Peyton is Manning. 44, yeah. <laughs> is that 44. still would work. It would work. And I think somebody else said Lindsey Vaughn. I'd go, yeah, well, not an and actress. And the name, of, the name of the show would be called My Trophy Wife, because his <laughs> wife has all the trophies. I love that idea. I love that suggestion. That's actually good. You know, she broke up with P.K. Subban, right? Did she really? Yeah. Oh, Gosh, don't you not... watch Entertainment Tonight, read People Magazine, anything? Oh, just, all I watch is CNN and Fox oh, News and MSNBC. Come on, man. Turn on E. I see e. Anderson Cooper in my sleep. It's oh. just, we also had the suggestion that the neighbor looking over the fence is named Brady. Oh, for sure. Ooh, that's that's a good, good one. That is really First good. or last name. Or you don't know. Yeah, you just you call them. You never know. Brady. That's right. You just call, it doesn't like, matter. Yeah, it's yeah. like Kramer. For years, we didn't know it was Cosmo exactly. first. Yeah. Kramer Cosmo. Yeah. That's a great one. Well, I'm glad that people are playing along. Yeah. That's a, uh, so if anybody else has a better suggestion, who plays Peyton Manning's wife on our sitcom? Right. But I like the Christine Applegate. It was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty good suggestion. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought of her. Okay, so getting back to, so you want to fire Mike Tomlin? Yeah. Is that the here. thing? Yeah, I think so. I think just, mm. I think the expiration date um, is up. I think the expiration yeah. date, I looked at, I checked the, uh, I checked the, you ever see that commercial where they, the, where, you know, they have a problem with ants and the woman, and the ants going yes. through the refrigerator going, expired, expired, expired. expired. I just checked uh, his expiration date and it was like, <laughs> it was uh, January 10th. 2021 expired. So they had a lot of they had a lot of injuries on defense. A lot. They did. They, had they two couldn't big run injuries. the football again. I think some of that was injury, but but maybe I was they just stunned. Weren't. weren't you know stunned, Rick, at how ill prepared they looked for that game the other night? Well, it was horrible. It was Let me ask you this though: Can we give the Browns a little credit? Like, have you seen well, the kind give of them team? credit for Marquise Ponce hiking the ball over Ben no, Roethlisberger? No, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, James Conner looking at it like it was a bomb. I, yeah, somebody I else mentioned that. It's like, jump on that, would you? <laughs> Hello, that's the ball. <laughs> Kick it out of the end zone to get a safety. Like, both of them looked like it was a hot potato. Like, I don't want it. You want it? I know. That, and then that Penn's was bad. throwing ball to the other team. I, it was the most remarkable stat line I've ever seen. Ben Rossberg threw for 500 yards, four touchdowns, and four, four interceptions. It was remarkable. It was just. Well, I think they need some coaching changes, but not the head coach. I think they need, they they need, need a new offensive coordinator. They, they need, they need something. But uh, they whatever. Need, they need like a bell cow quarter, uh, running back. Yeah, they that had would help. one. They had one who was actually his name was Bell. But right, Le'Veon. But what yeah. has Le'Veon done since he left? He's yeah, nothing. Yeah, that was you know, he went. He did well with the Bills. I don't mean to say. He hey, didn't, real but... quick, since we're talking about other NFL, uh, Doug Peterson, were you surprised by that? No, um, actually, I mean, I think it's a bad idea. But you could see that there is a a schism between him and and Carson Wentz. Like there, that's a bad that's a bad situation, and usually. The owner, uh, in this case, I blame Lurie for all of it, but I think the owner got in the middle of that, and I've seen that happen in San Francisco with Eddie DeBarla. Like there, you know, these these owners get attached to to quarterbacks um, for whatever reason, and you know, if the coach wants to go a different direction just to shake it up, or or there's there's some kind of personality clash, it almost you know, so often the owner is like, no, we're gonna make this, we're gonna make this work. That's what that feels like. It happened there, right? Because it felt like if they were yeah. gonna fire him because they didn't like the way their franchise was headed, they would have fired him a week ago. But it right. seems like they had a conversation where Lori said, like, "Okay, we're going ahead with Carson Wentz, right?" And Doug Peterson's like, "No, no, I thought we were getting rid of that guy." Right. Let's let's trade him. I don't. Yeah. I don't. He's not going to be their guy. And I think that's usually where you have irreconcilable differences. And somebody's gonna get a hell of a coach now. You know. 
Um, Steelers, fire Mike Tomlin, <laughs> bring in Doug Peterson. Well, you don't listen. I mean, you, you're going to have to. Uh, first of all, it's hard to trade a guy like that because they're taking an enormous cap hit no matter if they get rid of him now or, or some other time. It's just really bad for them. I mean, they're in they're in a bad space. But, um, but I wasn't – I mean, it, I don't think you should fire a guy three years after you build a statue out front of it. How about this? Outside of the new Lincoln financial field, right? Yep. All the players that have been through Philadelphia, they finally win a Super Bowl, right? You got all these great players and all these, all these coaches they've had. Andy Reid, you know, the the two guys that get a statue, okay, are Nick Foles, <laughs> <laughs> and Carson Wentz threw thirty three touchdowns that year and got hurt right before the playoffs. Nick Foles and Doug Peterson, <laughs> yeah, amazing, so Philly special baby. You know, there's a statue of Gruden inside the Bucks too. I guess the I guess the the thing is here, you don't want to be you don't want to be a statue. Yeah, don't put. Yeah, I'm you know good. what I mean. Don't let no them statue. don't let them build a statue because exactly. pretty soon that there'll be pigeons on it, and that's all. <laughs> that's really all you are at that point. Oh my goodness, Tommy! Uh, what do we got going? on? I would ask you what's going on, but actually everything's going on. The, the and it changes by the minute. Yeah, yeah, it does. I, I suppose we'll have a, a, a trans. I would say a peaceful transfer of power, but it's too late to say that. <laughs> too late. Yeah. Um, but how, what do you make up? I think I saw the other day where um, the, the the thing about uh, news, TV news, was CNN. You know, they do these the the live coverages of these um, these incredible events and get cameras in places. I don't know how they do it. But was that was that the network everybody was watching when this this attack was? Yeah, going on? actually, it, you know, it's funny. I, I did the ratings the other day. MSNBC, I think, had their highest rating week ever uh, really? last week. And it was it was interesting how it broke down that that MSNBC and CNN both had huge ratings. CNN's had the best ratings of all the pretty much since the election. Okay. Whereas um, Fox News, they were sort of running third for most of the last week, which was huh. a little unusual. Now, they're, look, their primetime lineup of Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram still pretty much kick everybody's ass at night. But yeah. not as much lately. And CNN's come on. And I think there's some other stations that are biting a little bit into Fox News's. It seems like CNN's forte is like they do live things. Like if something's happening, yeah. you know, the invasion of Baghdad, for example, or whatever. But it seems like there's like a breaking, you know, everything to them is breaking. Their resources, news, they have a little more resources. Their news department's a little deeper than everybody else's. Is that now, MSNBC okay. um, is, relies on NBC News, and Fox News has a has a you know they have a wide reach as well. But CNN, like their their roster, their the depth that they have, like with yeah. news is is on a big so, department. Yeah, that's why they did. Anybody they is anybody going to win an Emmy out of this? Is there any, oh, anybody distinguish themselves as America's anchor here during lot, this crisis? Yeah, I think a lot of people have, you know, like I yeah. think everybody's done great. That's, that's the thing I'm most impressed with, like all the TV coverage on this. And I am, uh, this was the other thing that I, that I've thought a lot about lately. The competition these days between the Washington post and the New York times is remarkable. Like really? the work that those two papers and to a lesser extent, the wall street journal, but especially the post and the times are yeah. it's just unbelievable how they're covering this everything national politics they've, they've hired and a lot COVID, of people and covid too yeah oh, they've hired a lot of people and they made a lot of money yeah they have yeah both papers because of uh, subscriptions it's, and all but the, it's uh it's the work has been like incredible incredible well check it out check out tom jones's work on pointer.org org <laughs> and uh tommy's going to join us tomorrow right we'll talk a little bucks right yeah, and I got little bucks and something else that you'll enjoy. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll be back. I'll come back. Now I'm, I'm going to tell you what it is. I'll give a little, well, 
Maybe I will give it. Yeah, I'll give do, a teaser. Do, 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 uh-huh. do. We'll just leave it like that. We'll leave it like that. Sounds right. good. Talk to you tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. All right, that was so much fun. We're going to do it again. We'll be talking with Tom Jones, only this time it'll be Bucks at the Saints that we'll discuss for the NFC Divisional Playoff, which will be on Sunday night at 6.40 p.m. on Fox. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.